it's a, it's a powerful piece of scripture, isn't it? It's like Devereux said to me before the service. It's almost like something out of a movie. It's sort of movie epic in its, uh, in its scope. But I was going to break down the story for you, and, but we're going to skip right through it. And I want to begin by pointing out that waking up, I'm thinking of the servant here in the story. But waking up and being surrounded by a hostile army would be enough to send any of us into, into panic mode, wouldn't it? If you went to bed and everything was fine and you woke up and all of a sudden you are surrounded by hostile army, that would be quite terrifying. It's almost, you know, imagine if you woke up tomorrow and your house was surrounded by Yankees fans. It's, we're talking that kind of, of scariness here. But notice that there are two completely different reactions, aren't there, in this story? between the servant and Elisha. And my question to ask us is, are you the servant who sees nothing but despair and hopelessness in a situation? Or are you Elisha, who calmly trusts in the power of the Lord to save and rescue us? Do you go into panic mode when a crisis or a trial happens? Or do you lift the Lord up in trusting prayer? That he has this in his hands. And when we, when we look at Elisha and the servant, they were both facing the same situation, weren't they? Right? It wasn't like Elijah had one situation and the servant had another. No, they, they were both facing the same situation. So it wasn't the situation itself. It wasn't the crisis that created the different reactions in them. What created the different reactions between Elisha and the servant was their perspective. Their view on things. And it's a reminder to us that a negative and a positive view of things is always possible. Yeah, we've all heard the you know, glass half full, glass half empty perspective. And it's true. There's always a negative and a positive way to view anything going on in your life. And in this situation, the servant is panicking and he's full of anxiety. And Elisha is calm and confident. Why, why is that? It's because Elisha understood the reality of God's power. He was looking at this from a God-centered perspective instead of a world-centered perspective. I said he understood the reality of God's power. And I use the word reality because there is a whole world and realm of existence that is beyond our comprehension and beyond our perceptions. And it's realer than anything we can experience here on earth. Many people are closed off to believing in that. And often they will go from the, the point of view of, you know, seeing is believing. If I can't see it or it can't be proven empirically, it can't exist. But as people of faith, we don't say seeing is believing. We say believing is seeing. When we believe, our eyes are opened. But let's, let's, go, let's get back to our senses for a moment. We, um, and I want to get scientific for a moment. I'm not a, sci- a scientist. I am a, a theologian and a musician. So I don't know if that makes me a theological musician or a musical theologian. But I want to try and use a little bit of science. And I also want to help us dispel a myth that many of us believe. And that is the idea that science and religion are opposed to each other. They are mutually exclusive. That's a lie, folks. When understood properly, science and religion, what they do is they complement each other in how we understand who we are, 
what our purpose is in life. One fills in the blanks of the others, if you like. But let's talk about our five senses. We're all familiar with the five senses, yeah? Sight, smell, hear, taste, and touch. And that's how we generally perceive things. That's how we know if something's real. I can, oh, I can touch this pulpit. Okay, that must be real. I can, I can smell this paper. Okay, I know it's real. So let's talk about eyesight for a moment. Most of us, we perceive things often by seeing things, don't we? And uh, there's a thing called the electromagnetic spectrum. And it's a map of all the types of light that we can identify. There's all kinds of different lights, ultraviolet, you know, uh, infrared, you name it. And the visible spectrum is, is the portion of that electromagnetic spectrum that is visible to our human eyes. And a typical human eye will respond to wavelengths from about 380 to 740 nanometers. And it's a, a, in terms of frequency, this is a, a bandwidth of about 430 to 770 uh, terahertz. So anything outside of those numbers, either lower than that or higher than that, we cannot see with our naked eye. We just can't see it. We can't see it. And in fact, by most estimates, we can only see about, check this out, 0.0035% of the electromagnetic spectrum. So we can't even see 1%. We can't even see half a percent. We can't even see a quarter of a percent of that whole spectrum. So do you think... Maybe there are things that are real and exist that we cannot see. How about our hearing? The normal range for a human hearing is between frequencies of 20 to 20,000 hertz. By comparison, dogs' hearing range is almost twice as wide as ours. You ever seen your dog or your cat in the house and all of a sudden they're like, you know, what is it? What is it? What are they seeing? What are they seeing? What are they hearing? You know, they do that kind of weird cock to one side thing, you know. Do you think possibly there are things outside of our range that we cannot hear that are real and exist? So in a sense, pun intended, would it not be quite reasonable to accept that things such as angels and demons and spiritual entities really do exist but maybe just on a plane or a frequency that we cannot perceive naturally. So let's get back to the scripture now. When the servant's eyes are opened and he saw the hills full of flaming horses and chariots, he got an insight into the invisible spirit world that is interwoven with our physical world. And he finally saw the reality of the situation. What was the reality of the situation? That the battle was not his, but it was the Lord's. And the same is true for anything you are going through in life right now. I know many of you have struggles. You have trials. You have things that are going on. You have illness. You have sickness. But if you are a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, then you have God Almighty, the King of Kings, the King of Heaven's armies fighting for you. Let that sink in for a moment, folks. You have the Lord himself fighting for you. Listen to Second Chronicles 20.15. It says, Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. 
The Lord is saying, give me your battle. Give it to me. It's not yours. It's mine. And I will fight for you. And I will be with you. And you know what? God never loses. He never loses. Even on that cross at Calvary. When it looked like he had lost. That was actually just the first step to victory. And it's a reminder to us that what might look like death and defeat to us is not necessarily what's really happening in our lives. And sometimes in our lives, we have to experience the bitter taste of defeat before the victory can be had. The problem is too often we try to fight the battles of our lives on our own, through our own power and through our own strength. And we forget that the Lord is with us and that there is a whole other world out there full of the Lord's angelic warriors with fiery horses and chariots ready to fight for us. What does it say in verse 16? It says, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Let that sink in. Whatever you're going through. Those who are with us are more than are those who are with them. That's power. There's power in that when you take that in, folks. There's a whole other side to this message that I was going to go into this morning, but you know what? We're going to pick it up again next week, the second half of this, because there's a whole element of spiritual blindness that I want to talk about. It's so important, and the work of the church that is involved in removing and helping lift that spiritual blindness. So we're going we're gonna to go through the same scripture again next week, but we're going to come at it from a, a different complementary angle because I want to be mindful of people's time and, and uh, them being here this morning. So let us pray. Father, thank you that you are with us, Lord, and you are more than those who are against us. I thank you, Lord, that when we are fighting the battles of life, you are right there with us, Lord. And while we don't always see and perceive what is going on in the spiritual realm, help to give us eyes that see, Lord, that you are active, that you never rest, and that you are always fighting for us. I pray you would give us faith to walk out in that freedom, in the knowledge, Lord, that you are carrying us and that you love us. We thank you, Lord, that you are our protector, that you are our king. And we pray all this in Jesus' name.